Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 370 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Anita Downs. Anita lives in Perth, Australia, and she teaches music works as a support worker for people with special needs, and she is a full-time mom, which we talked about before we started recording, is really a full-time job on its own. So welcome, Anita. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Well, we are just like on opposite ends of the world completely. It's 9 p.m. for you. It's 9 a.m. for me. You're heading into summer. We're heading into fall and winter. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love talking to people in Australia. Yes. Well, so, it's exciting. You know, I like... Yeah. Go ahead. We, we have a little bit of a delay. So everybody, if you hear us talking over each other a little bit, that's why. We're going to do our best. But it takes, you know, we're getting our sound to the other end of the earth. You know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting? And when was that? Okay. Well, I guess the shorter answer is, My big sister brought me to intermittent fasting and she is a complete technophobe. She's older than me and she can barely, no, she operates a smartphone really well, but don't let her near a computer because she'll break it. (laughs) And she was listening to me complain about the weight gain and all of that. And she just said, listen, I've been doing the fasting for a long time. I'm going to lend you Jim Stevens books. And I'm going to say, please just listen to a few podcasts and listen to Graham as well for the Australian contingent. Graham Curry. Yeah. Graham Curry, who lives about less than an hour's drive from me. And 
So I started doing that and with a little kid, you can't read nonfiction and actually concentrate. <laughs> so I'm not great at nonfiction anyway, but I really did my best and I listened to a lot of podcasts. I had one earbud in one ear and I just followed my toddler around because this is going back two years. It was November 21 as in November 2021, and I was following my kid around the playgrounds and just letting him play and explore, and I would just be following along and listening to you and to Graham on his podcast, and I eventually realized I can just start tomorrow, can't I? I don't have to do anything. I don't have to buy anything, and I'm just going to, oh, I'm going to start, so that's what did it. I love that. I love that your sister brought you to it. How long had she been doing intermittent fasting? And did you know she was doing it? And you felt a little skeptical oh, yeah. about it? Or oh, tell yeah. us about that a little bit. Well, I guess I knew she was doing it because she had started talking to me about fasting some time ago. I would say she's maybe had been doing it for a couple of years. You know what? I don't even know. What a bad sister. <laughs> that is okay. But, <laughs> I don't know everything my sister does. <laughs> no, true. Thank God for that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and vice versa, right? <laughs> yes. God. Okay. Okay. So I think she had been doing it for one or two years and she'd been begging me to start with her because she wanted a friend to do it with, you know, just someone, a buddy, a fasting buddy. And I kept palming her off to other people, poor thing. And and eventually I just finally, I gave in because I had said to her, I'm going to look into this, you know, surgery, get my stomach chopped up and what they call it. The, no, let's not go into what it's called. But she just came back with, no, no, that's major surgery. That's crazy. I can't have you taking that risk. You know, you've got little kids. Right. Right. And I thought, far out. She's right. Okay. Well, this is much easier than, you know, getting major surgery. Right. This has to be much easier than that. And she convinced me, and you guys convinced me just, you know, doing what you do. I love that so very much. So, you know, looking at you now and seeing you, there's no indication that you ever considered or needed weight loss surgery. So <laughs> that's pretty amazing because it has, you know, two years. It's not been that long. You're not quite at your two years. So let's talk a little bit, like how much did you weigh around about that time when you were considering the weight loss surgery? Do you remember? Yeah, that must have been when I started talking about it because I got on the scales at 116 kilograms. And that is well, we have to multiply 2.2 for pounds. Right, I'm going to do the math on my, luckily, my phone is super, super fast. So 116 Good. kilograms is 256 pounds. Yeah. And yeah. how tall are you? I'm five foot five. Okay. So you're my height. Yeah. All right. So 116 kilograms, 256 pounds, five, five. So yes, I know how that would feel. You know, I was 210 and that felt like a lot. Mm. It was hard to move yeah. that around all day. Yeah. And so I can imagine how 256 pounds would have felt as well. So let's back up before we get to your fasting journey. How long have you struggled with your weight? I would say I struggled from about maybe my late 20s. I grew up with a mum who was always in Weight Watchers and always at the gym and always trying to stay under a certain number. And for her, she's only a little shorter than me, but she still wanted to stay under 80 kilos. And that mantra, I swear to God, has stuck in my head, you know. And so now I am just under that 80 kilos, which is about 176 pounds. And you know what? Now I'm stuck there. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just stuck there. I'm like, thanks, Mom. It's, I don't know. It's oh. a mental thing that's just poured into my head and now I can't get underneath it. So, yeah, it's weird. All right. So, I'm doing that math too. So, you're, yeah. you're at 80 kilograms. So, that is 176 pounds. So, when we think about that, you started at 256 and you're down to 176. So, you are down 80, 80. pounds. Yeah, right. That is a lot. That is you know, significant. You know, we sometimes are like, think about where we are and where we think we should be without yeah. looking back for how far we've come. Because yeah. when you look at statistics for weight loss, 
you know, like these new weight loss drugs or these new weight loss oh. injections big down there in Australia? Is everybody trying them? Oh, my word. Everyone is trying them. And yep. I've got people I really care about starting on them. And I think, wow, I've told you everything I can without going overboard. Please, please. But, you know. But, you know, with those types of things, any kind of weight loss intervention typically Mm. has, you know, we lose a certain amount of weight. Like the amount is little, like 10% is considered to be successful. That would be (laughs) like the equivalent of you losing 25 pounds and then stopping. So people lose like 10% of their weight. That's considered to be successful. And then most people regain it. So 80 pounds is a significant amount of your start weight. Yeah. And, it's and been you're successfully off. keeping that off. Yeah, it's been a year. I've been stuck at this number for a year. So yeah. I'll take it. You know, in, there's a place I'd like to be, but it could right. be so much worse. Absolutely. I mean, if you, to have an 80-pound weight loss and maintain it is a victory. Like, it's yeah. huge. So I don't want you to be like, oh, I wish I was here. Because it sounds like you're not, though. You're like yeah, I mean, I've happy been through, with that. but. Yeah, I've been through phases of wishing I was lighter still. Like, you know, they have that weight range. and That's diet brain, I think, where they say, you know, you should be between this and this for five foot five. But right. I'm still in much smaller clothes than I was last time I got to a Weight Watchers goal 20 years ago. So I'll take it, you know. Absolutely. So that is fantastic. So let's talk about, you know, in your early 20s, you, you talked about that's when you started to have trouble with your weight. Your mother struggled. She went to Weight Watchers. She went to the gym. And her magic number was 80 kilograms to always be below. So what happened starting with your late 20s? Tell us a little bit about that. I think I started getting into relationships in and out and trying out lifestyles and being a musician. You know, that was the age when I could be on stage and performing gigs night after night taking out original songs and trying them out on new crowds, that sort of thing. And I didn't care what was going on with my weight, but if I had a breakup, I would just lose weight. I didn't do it on purpose. It would just lose weight and people would say, oh, that's because you're happy. Really? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So for you, a breakup, like was the breakup stressful and made you sad and then you just like couldn't eat and lost the weight? No, I was just suddenly I could do without the ice cream or whatever because I wasn't in that situation anymore. Breakups affect everybody differently. Some people go the opposite way. They're like after a breakup, they turn to food, but instead you just – Maybe you were feeling free and happy after. Yeah, <laughs> I really was. Those breakups. Was. Absolutely, that makes yeah. sense. So your weight, I guess, was it yo-yoing a little bit through those years? Yeah, but not a lot. And I don't even have records of what it was. Mm. You know what? I met someone online 20-something years ago and went all the way to Virginia to live with her. And so, oh, wow. yeah, we were friends through a band from Atlanta called the Indigo Girls. Sure oh, my goodness. Of, right? A we love bit. them. Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I love well, the Indigo Girls. Oh, my They're God. They're a little bit famous. <laughs> yeah, I love them so much. And so we became friends through them and then, you know, our relationship kind of started. And I got to America and, and I lived there for six months with her in Virginia Beach. Okay, and, that's a beautiful area. Right, right. We loved it. But you know what was strange? No one walked to the shop. That's what I noticed. You know, just to the store to get milk or bread. No one walks to get anything. I'm like, no one really walked anywhere and I would catch. It's true. Yeah. and People here where I live near at the beach are always riding around in golf carts. Like all the time. Like they'll get in a golf cart to ride like just a few blocks. I'm like, walk, just walk. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. 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 Anyway, you're right. So it's definitely we're a culture of not walking. And when we visited Cal and Kate in San Francisco, we really saw that because they walk everywhere. They walk everywhere they go. They're in the big city. But those of us that live in the suburbs or somewhere, we're definitely not walking. So where you live, I guess walking is more of a thing. People walk to the shop. They walk to... Yeah. Our school is like half a mile away. So we ride our bikes, me and the kids. We ride bikes to school together and I drop them off and lock their bikes up and I come home and have a little quiet party on my own. You know how that is. I do. So, and at the moment, it's school holidays again. I don't know if you're aware, but we have 
four terms over a 12-month period. The new school year starts in January or February. And oh, so I didn't have, know that. So yeah, so we have four terms. So we have our long break over our summer, so from before Christmas through to February. And then we have 10 weeks and then two weeks off. 10 weeks and then two weeks off. The third term, 10 weeks and then two weeks off. And the fourth term is 10 weeks and then it's Christmas. So that's the long break. So we have. I love that. That actually makes a lot of sense. I didn't yeah. know that. You would think as a teacher, I would know, but you know, you're, we're so now used you, to our now school you're year. jealous, right? Now you're jealous. Well, I am because that makes so much sense. And <laughs> suddenly you wonder why does everyone want to be a teacher in Australia? Well, that's there why. You go. And they get great pay. Well, I don't know about mm. in the private schools or the religious schools, but they get great pay in the public system and and good benefits. <gasps> They really do. Wow. They really do. And I I adore them. I adore every last that, well, one. Well, teaching is hard and it's getting yeah. harder every year. More and more I demands know. on the teachers. So. For sure. So um, do you actually know the Indigo Girls? I'm going back just a little bit in your story. Like you know them or just y'all? You no, met- I, don't, I don't know them personally, but I did stalk them when they toured here maybe 30 okay, years ago. I, I came to the airport and I followed them at the airport and I have photos with them. <laughs> that's fun that's but fun so yeah. you were in Virginia for just for six months you said? for about six months and the whole visa situation didn't work out for whatever reason you know lesbians did not exist in immigration law back then oh that's it so did, interesting yeah. when was that around uh 2002 three four that's not that long ago either no we did not exist and so my partner Karen she decided to follow me back to Australia and so that's what she did. And so all of that long-distance relationship in the time that while well, she was coming back here and I put on a lot of weight then and that's when I went to Weight Watchers for the first time in great shame because I was just my mum and I was going back. I was reliving. I was becoming my mum. Oh. And, you know. <laughs> it's, don't we hate to become our moms, right? Oh, and the things I... In many ways. <laughs> in so many ways. And so there I am being my mum and going off to Weight Watchers and, you know, the Weight Watchers is run that I went to back then is run by a woman from Texas. <laughs> so They're in Australia? So she's oh, yeah. in Australia, but she's from yeah. Texas. Oh, that is oh, funny. Yeah, she lives here and she's amazing. She was great. But, yeah, I went there for a couple of years and I think the biggest benefit I got from Weight Watchers overall, apart from it taking me 18 months to get to my goal weight, I really only had to lose under 30 kilos. So you can do the math, but right now I've done fasting and I lost how much in 12 months? What? So, right. But everyone's really, different. Really amazing. But it, it is really amazing. And so when I stopped going to Weight Watchers, it was just because we moved to a new location and I didn't want to go to a new one with a different leader you know I was fussy about who the leader was it would be like if you quit your job now if you just quit being Jim Stevens and someone else came in that wore the wrong trousers all the time or something they just would look wrong all the time I get it we all face stress in our daily lives what if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. 
If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah, I get it. Um, we bond with the people that we know, like as a teacher, you know, when at my very first elementary school, I made mm. such good friends at that school. Shout yeah. out to the Aiken Elementary gang from what was it, 1990 to 1998. It was a very wow. special group of people. Yeah. It was a very special group of people. We traveled together. We were friends. And then I just thought that's how it was everywhere. And then I went to new schools and it was never the same. I had good friends and people that taught with me in other schools. They were great people at every school, but it was never the same. So I understand you had that leader that you bonded with. Yeah, and, and, and it, it was, was a community, and that's that whole right. community thing, which, you know, I grew up going to Catholic church and Catholic school, and I was the musician playing at church, and there was just that sense of community, and I got that again at Weight Watchers after I couldn't be in church anymore, of course. So what's next? So then I was kind of lost for a while after I just stopped doing that. And then, of course, the fertility process right. that we started to have kids, and that worked out to be that by the time we were kind of ready, I was too old. So I had to hand it over to my partner, which is the best thing ever when your partner is female, right? (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. If it doesn't work for me, then, you know, she gets to do it. Ha ha. And so. Absolutely. So is she younger than you? Yeah. Just luckily eight years younger than me. So I'm 52. Eight years is a lot. Right? Yes, it is. And I'm 52 and chasing after these kids that we have now created. So the first kid as well. And I was pretty much hanging on to (laughs) staying about under 80 kilos again after, you know, going through that fertility process. But the first baby that we had was born with a lot of defects and he only lived for two weeks. So oh, no, I'm we, so sorry. Yeah, thank you. But that was 2011. And so, of course, we were around the NICU in the children's mm-hmm. hospital and nurses live on chocolate, all the ones I know do, and they had a lot of fundraising chocolate around there. And, you know, the minute our first child, Rafferty, died, I became the chocolate junkie. And so yeah. after that, any... You know how people say mindset is everything. I couldn't find my gears. I couldn't get the mindset back to ever take care of my health. And so after that, I really didn't think about whether I weighed, you know, 80 kilos or 100 kilos. I just couldn't go there. It didn't matter. Because that suddenly is not important. No. Right? Like when you have faced a terrible tragedy, like losing your son, Rafferty, 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 Rafferty. Rafferty. Yeah. When you lost Rafferty, that was a tragedy. And then suddenly all the details about the number of kilograms is meaningless. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. We realize what's truly important. Absolutely. It was like being in the dark after a while and realizing it really, you just have to get through this time and let the grief take its toll and do Mm -hmm. all that stuff. That was the really hardest time of our lives. And then, of course, six months after that, my father, who was in his 80s, had a heart problem for 20 years, finally died. So, And it was a surprise. Like, it was a dramatic Mm -hmm. death as well. But we were like, come on. But right after he died, we decided to get back on the horse. And he, the next child that came along was Cassie. That was hard work, of course, because, you know, I was 41 by then. (laughs) Right. And so here we are. You've got a newborn at home. And look, these kids are going to keep you young, right? Yeah. Right. That's the point. That's that's the beauty of it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, then having kids and realizing, wow, this is not going to stop. How am I going to 
cope. And so I actually, we actually even talked about moving to the US because finally marriage equality happened in the US and we were talking about moving back there. But we didn't do it for a lot of reasons. The financial markets changed and we just thought right. this isn't going to work out. So we will just stay where we are and it's much cheaper to have kids over here. So let's stay and oh, have really? another one. Oh, God. There yeah. we go. Well, that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And so we decided to stay. I can understand, you know, if you love where you are and you feel happy there and your partner is from America. Is that yeah. right? She's from Syracuse, New York. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I imagine though you've got your routine and you've got your life and it's a good one, especially if the cost of living is better. Yeah. I mean, it's higher in a way, but it's better in lots of ways too. Like, you know, for her, she's a civil engineer and civil engineers in the States, you know, the first year out of college, right, you might get one year of annual leave. And then the next five years, you might get two weeks of annual leave, that sort of thing. Right. In Australia, when you become a permanent employee, you get four weeks of annual leave plus 70% loading and so many sick days, it's crazy. And why not try it out, you know, and everyone yeah. comes here, right? So it's so different. I got a culture shock when I went to the States because I thought, oh, it's just like on TV, but they're just like us. But I got quite a shock because it really is a different country. It's a different system and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've only lived here. I've only lived, I've lived in South Carolina, North Carolina for college, Georgia, and Virginia. So I only know this little slice yeah. <laughs> other than my travels. So, but, yeah. you know, you're right about the working. You know, my sister just retired last week and wow. she was a, a hospital administrator, but she didn't have time off. You know, she's like, now I have time off. She's like, I've never in my adult life had more than a few days off oh because she worked in a bank for a while and yeah. they didn't get, you know, weeks and weeks of vacation. So it is very different, that culture yeah. shock, you know, yeah. I, could, I could certainly imagine yeah. that that would be different, but you know, we don't really know hardly any different, right? Yeah, true. And That's you know what? We, I've realized I've got off track, sorry. That's yes. okay, but I, it's all important deciding where you're going to live. And then yeah. second child came along. Second child came along. And by that time, I had stopped my full-time work that I was doing. Uh, I was working as a training officer for new staff. And it was for the state government, so public servant. And it was great money and great benefits, but it was crushing my soul. Absolutely. If I have a soul, it was yeah. crushed. And so... I stopped working. That was about the time we were looking at moving to the States. And I took a redundancy package. They gave me the golden handshake and I walked out of there and I became a musician again. And so I started. I love that. Yeah. I started performing live at pubs and venues and kids parties and whatever. And I was just bringing my guitar and my equipment and singing and playing my heart out for, geez, about five years. And so my first kid was coming to these gigs and getting up and singing to the play at the farmer's markets and stuff. So that was my kid's first gigs, <laughs> standing up I and love singing. I so much. You know, I've, we, I've got, you know, two kids. Yeah. One of my kids is left-brained. That's mm. Cal. My other one is right-brained. That's Will. And so I know what it's like being a, a mom of a creative person. Yeah. You need that creative outlet. Yeah, you need I to really have do. the freedom as I an really artist. I really do need it. And so, yeah he feels stuck in mm. jobs that are, mm. he wouldn't do well in a nine to five no, job. And I he never, never freedom did. to create. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have that flexibility and to yeah. know what you need and what works for you. So when that second child came along yeah. and you're now working and you're now working as a musician again, yeah, tell us about that a little bit. And was that about when you were starting to hear about intermittent fasting from your sister? Yeah, I was starting to hear about it from my sister and also my general practitioner, my doctor. And she, of course, is from the UK, so she talks about Michael Mosley. And right. I just thought the five and two or whatever he was bringing up just sounded like such a fad, you know, because it's so tricky and do this one day and do that the next day and all of this stuff. And I just couldn't get into it. I could not get into it. And, you know, yeah, Australia is very British background. So, you know, convict settlement, let's say it out loud. Right. 
<laughs> well, that's Georgia too. Georgia yeah, was the true. same exact thing. There James Oglethorpe, people may not know that. James Oglethorpe brought over some English convicts and settled Savannah, Georgia. And so oh, there you go. <laughs> we, we got a similar kind of a background there. Yeah. The, the English yeah. sending off their convicts different places. Right. But yeah, Michael Mosley really was big in the UK, not as much in the United States, but of course no. I was very diet culture focused. Yeah. So of course yeah. I heard about it and tried it, but you know, it wasn't the whole idea of fasting clean. So there was some book about 5-2 that was not written by Michael Mosley. I think her name was Kate something or other. I can't remember her name, but she wrote a book know. about it, about her experiences mm. with it. And I think she like spread out her 500 calories over the whole day. It was miserable. Oh, no. Did you even try it? No, I never did. I couldn't. I couldn't deal. Awful. No, I couldn't deal. No. I looked you at it. You were right to not want to try that. It was no, miserable. It <laughs> sounded miserable. Like we like our food. Yeah. So yeah. getting past that, you know, I just sort of left it. And so I was gigging a lot. I was performing a lot and I was, you know, getting really sore because I was getting very heavy and not having to lift heavy equipment, things like that. And my back's giving out and my hands are hurting. My elbows are hurting from repetitive strain injury, playing guitar yeah. all the time. And my body was just like, stop. And then COVID, mm-hmm. no gigs. So 20. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. yeah I forgot about that as a musician. Yeah. Yeah. You, y'all were not going anywhere. Everything shut. So of course I've started putting on a lot of weight and then I tried to join Weight Watchers online because I was like, this is getting bad. And going to Weight Watchers online during COVID just didn't cut it, you know, Mm -hmm. just wasn't really the same. I still couldn't find my gears. You know, when you hear someone who's driving stick and you can hear them going crunch, crunch in their car and they can't drive. Yeah, that was me. I just couldn't get a grip on it and work with it again. And I knew that it would never be the same. So that was me giving up. And so by 2021... Oh, and I also got diagnosed with ADHD after I stopped working full-time. So I have been... Okay, that also explains a lot, right? Yeah, hello. And getting put on the, what are they called, the stimulant medication, Mm -hmm. that I did lose a little bit of weight on that, but I got taken off it because I was too angry. And after COVID, that was even worse because then I was stuck in the house and trying to be a homeschool mom with COVID. I can't homeschool. No. <laughs> good oh, luck. No, I, I look, I was a teacher. I was a good teacher. I don't think I could have homeschooled my two boys. There you so go. I get it. Yeah, because you I, know. I, mean, look, I, could homes- I could school your children, but I can't school my own. So no. there's just something different. There something is. Different I, I can't teach kids. music to my own kids either. So yeah. same. I, they just don't want it from me. Fine. Fine. No, I'll they don't. Out. But hey, real quick about the ADHD. How's your caffeine use? Because caffeine really settles my brain. Have you tried just upping your caffeine? Instead of medication? Yes. Uh, no, but I know that, you know what, since changing over to the black coffee, because when I used to have my coffee in the mornings, it would be the coffee machine, like the latte, but it's right shot of coffee, fluffy milk, frothy milk, you know, yeah. and then it would be like three teaspoons of sugar. And I thought the heart rush was coming from the caffeine, but you know what? Now that I have it was the sugar, I have much more caffeine than ever before, of course, <laughs> like you. And it was the sugar giving me that rush. The reason I brought it up is because mm. it's well known in the school, either yeah. the elementary school setting, that for kids with ADHD, you can give them caffeinated beverages and that calms their brains. So, caffeinated beverages are stimulants, right? But for the ADHD brain, Mm. it calms us. So I think that's one reason why I do so well with so much caffeine. My brain, I have an ADHD kind of brain and the caffeine doesn't make me hyper. It kind of calms my brain and helps me. So I just wanted to pop that out there. Well, I definitely agree. And I do know other women of similar age who do use that for them and their kids just help so much. And they don't want to go down the medical route of getting the serious medicine. So I got off those stimulants in 2021 and changed to the non-stimulant ADHD medication Ah. and I really ballooned out. And yeah, 
that's when I realized, oh God, I have to do something because really what I put on was just what I lost when I started taking the stimulants. So I was balanced back out really. And that's when I came to November of 21 and I realized I have to do something else. And that's when you finally were ready to listen to your sister. Yes. And (laughs) she must have these moments with her own kids. She has adult children and she just goes, finally she listened to me and she's delighted now of course because I'm talking to you tonight and she's probably bouncing around her house you know going Anita's talking to Jen Anita's talking to Jen yeah well tell her hello for I me will. what is her, her name her name is Monica Smith and I think hello Monica yeah she'll be delighted yeah and so when I started I just did so much better than anyone because I really was ready to get my teeth into it and I really there was no more stick shift grind anymore. I really got into gear straight away. I love that analogy. That really is a beautiful analogy. The whole, anyone who's driven a stick shift, and I guess probably these days a lot of people have not, no. but my no, first car was a stick shift. Of course it was. I didn't even know how to drive a stick shift, and I went and bought one because that's what I could afford. So I bought a car that had a stick shift. I had to learn how to drive it on the way home from the car dealership. But there was a lot of that grinding of yeah. things you're talking about. Yeah. I did. I learned to drive it. And once we do, we want to have that smooth gear transition. So I'm glad that fasting felt like that for you. You were ready. I really, really was. Yeah. So how did you begin? Okay. So I really, it was a heck of a change for me to start that way. So I really just started with 12 and 12 and worked mm-hmm. my way up. And it did not take long. So it was the end of November. So by Christmas, I was pretty much eighteen six, And then it just suddenly, you know, by accident, you know, it just jumps, you realize you get busy. Oh my God, I just did 20 hours. I just did 22. What the heck? You know, and uh-huh. so by the time we were starting the new school year, I was on the go. I was, it was happening. And I lost that first 50 pounds, 55 pounds, I think, in the first six months. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm laughing at what you said because so often, you know, in the community, we have people who are starting off. They're beginning. So just like, you know, you started with 12-12, you worked your way up, found yourself at 18-6. But so often people early in the journey are like, I can only manage, I'm just going to say, you know, 16-8 right now. And I can't imagine doing more than that. So how long will I have to do 19-5 before I get to go back to 16-8? And I'm like, you're not going to want to. You're not going to want to go back to 16-8. That's the part that's so hard for people to understand. You know, if I went to a doctor and he said, you must do 16-8 now for the rest of your life, you can never fast more than 16-8, I would be like, what? I mean, I don't think a doctor would tell me that. That was just, you know, a dramatic example. But you don't want to go back to it because it feels so good. No, that's right. And, yeah, it's definitely strange to even go away camping on our school holidays since we have so many of them. We have to think of what to do. Love it. (laughs) Like go away camping in the tent somewhere and kind of gets boring. So you do kind of want to have lunch and dinner. So some days, yeah, you're do revert to 18.6 just because, well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to get back to my routine when I get back and you're back at school so I can breathe and think. Yes, thank you. But it feels like a long time. So everybody who's new or contemplating intermittent fasting, you're listening to people on the stories like Anita, like me, who've been doing intermittent fasting for years. Yeah. And so you might be like, well, I don't want to ever do 20 for. I don't ever want to do oh a 22-2 day. It, That's never going to work for me. You're going to shock yourself and it's yeah, going to be you. Absolutely. Yes. It was absolutely <laughs> inconceivable. That's why I started with 12-12. I thought this stuff is right. crazy, but I'm just going to do it uh-huh. because, you know, Graham is so convincing and everybody he talks to uh-huh. in June, they all seem to know what they're talking about. And so, and again, with fasting, it really is your very own experience. You can't, there's no recipe for success. You really have to, you ride your own, it's your own game, you know? You're your own study of one. And so just people who are new are thinking about it because this podcast comes out near the end of December. Don't make plans for what it's going to look like in one year. Let it unfold. Let it happen. You're going to be delighted and amazed at how your body adapts. And you're going to be doing things. You're like, I can't believe this feels good. I can't believe I like this. Mm Mm-hmm. 
You just can't have those preconceived notions. I remember making charts of like what I was going to do when I got to my goal and this is what I would do Monday through Friday and this is what I would do. No, all that was just nonsense. By the time I got to where it just, my body just knows what to do. It's like riding a bike. Yep. Or driving a car. You just do it. You don't have to think about what am I doing with my feet. You don't have to do all that. Nope, you really don't. And for a long time when I've been on this plateau now for 12 months, so I just want to say to all the people who are slow starters, you know, I've been the fast starter (laughs) and I was really frustrated for maybe the first nine months of this plateau. And now I'm just thinking maybe I am in maintenance. Maybe I'm not, but I'm going to stick with it because I'm not doing anything else. I'm not changing right. anything. <laughs> this is what I'm doing yeah, forever. Yeah, I can get it. You know, we start off, our body releases what it releases, and then it stops. And yeah, it's frustrating when your body stops, but you're like, wait a minute, body. I would like to lose, I don't know, 30 more pounds. This is not where I want to stop. But your body's like, nope, stopping. Yeah, and I'm having to I grab at every little thing that makes sense. Like my mom and I have really big feet, right? And here's my, sorry, pajamas. Here's my big feet. I can see your feet. (laughs) Yeah. I'm wearing fluffy socks because it's still cold, but I have really big feet. I have really big hands for playing guitar and piano. And I obviously, you know, that expression big boned, it doesn't just apply to Katie Lang. There are some other people that have big bones. You've got a big frame. You've got a large frame. I do seem to. I mean, I've never done those body scans and things like that. I will one day, but it's not important enough. I've got a little frame. Like I've got little Yeah, I know you do. I mean, not little muscles. I've got little bones. Yeah. I've got a little frame. People see me and they're like, you're tiny. I'm like, no, I'm not tiny. But I'm just, just I'm petite. I'm petite. Exactly. But I didn't like have to try to be petite. Mm. That's just what my body did. I didn't have to force it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It's exciting because- It's not just about the kilograms because you guys say this all the time. I'm down so many more sizes than I would expect to be, you know, at this weight. When I was 69 kilos with Weight Watchers, I was wearing the same size clothes that I'm wearing now. (laughs) See, that's so So, important to know. Body recomposition. You're the same size, 11 kilograms higher. Yeah. Than you were before because you have maintained your muscle mass and you have yep. lost fat. That is yep. what the clean fast does for you. You've lost the fat, you've maintained the muscle. So your body is the equivalent of 11 yep. kilograms smaller from the past. That is huge. And, you know, we want to be maintaining that muscle mass, especially as we age. Muscle yep. mass is gold. Yeah. So anything we can do to maintain that muscle mass is really important. And that is why I ride my bike with the kids and I walk the dog every day and Mm -hmm. I do roller skate with the kids. We go to skate rink and I roll around with them. They are getting better at it than me though because, you know, the last time I really (laughs) learned how to skate, I was 10 and that's a long time ago. But I really love skating. And we don't bounce like they do. No, hell no. And so I'm wearing my protective gear and I don't want to break because I don't want to stop. But also, you know, the other thing behind my plateau, I reckon, is the vibration plate. It's building muscle. I bought a vibration yeah. plate. And also bone density. There you bone go. Bone density is, there are actually studies with osteoporosis and the vibration plate. Oh. And so, you know, I use my vibration plate every day. Mm. And so, you know, I want to build the muscle. I want to maintain the muscle. I want to maintain my bone strength and my bone yeah. density. Yeah. So that's another reason I love the vibration plate. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod 
or text WonderyPod to 500-500. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Yeah, I love having it, and I just I do tiny weights when I'm on it. Me too. I yeah. watch reruns of Grey's Anatomy, and I just I have watched know. the entire series twice. Oh I my think, god, maybe three times. There you go. <laughs> I'm working it was my so way much better through. at the at the beginning though, right? When it was a little wacky at the beginning and I loved the beginning of it. Yeah. I'll probably watch it again one day. Oh yeah. They did such a great job. It was a great show. They're still making it. But I love that you're seeing the body recomposition and that's really, yeah. really important. You know, if you have for everybody who's listening, if you have old clothes, that's the best because old clothes that you kept and you remember what you weighed when they fit you, you're going to be amazed that you're going to weigh more when they fit you again. That's very, very true for me and my yeah. experience. Yeah, I'm finding that too. And just thinking, geez, that's okay with me if I'm not quite down to that number anymore because it seems pretty, I feel pretty healthy the way it is. Like, yeah, I know there's a bit here and there that could go, but oh well, because I know that my waist measurement, Jen, 15 inches down on my waist (gasps) alone. What? Yeah. 15 inches is like amazing. And so. That's health right there. That is health. That's visceral fat. Because. That is half of my height, which someone on a wow. podcast, was it Leslie Taylor's podcast where Maybe. she, I think it was hers where she talked about the waist circumference versus the height and the ratio to that. Yeah. Anyway, so that's where yeah, I- Yeah, y'all can Google that. Google waist height ratio and calculate it. And it's a really great predictor of health. So, so 15 inches around your waist is a lot. Yeah. That's how big my screen is. So that's a lot. Yeah. 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 Wow. So yeah, you have really changed your health trajectory and that is something to celebrate. So let's talk about some of your non-scale victories. Oh my gosh. So yeah, clothing. And you know how women's clothing has changed so much. So at least now if I know my measurements, I can try and men's jeans and have a lot of fun with those anyway. Right. And so I do. I see a 32 and I can walk out of the shop and know it will fit. Whereas with women's clothes, you don't know what they're playing at right now because. Oh, no, you, you don't. And even in the same store, I no. can go into a store that is like, let's just say Lily Pulitzer are down here. There's one in Polly's Island. I can go in there and I went in there a couple of weeks ago and I tried on in the same brand, same store, a wide variety of sizes. I fit into a crazy double zero, a zero a two, Mm. a Mm. small, an extra small. I mean, it was like I fit into all those different sizes. So Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. So It is. So you can't just look at the size for women's clothes, even in the same – like I can't just walk in, pick up something from that store and walk out with it and know it's going to fit. I have to try different sizes. Yeah, you really do. So there's clothes. You really do. But I also – I used to suffer a lot from migraines. And Mm -hmm. now I might get it once every six months, which is really brilliant. That's really great. And I have drugs that can manage it now. So when it does happen, it's really an easy fix. I used to lose a lot of time. Non-scale victories, going roller skating with my kids, going biking with my kids. We can ride all over the suburb. In fact, my kids are so fit that we can ride to the next suburb to check out their cool playgrounds. That's so much fun. And if we took other kids with us, they'd be telling us to slow down. And I'm like, I'm the 52-year-old oldest mother in the neighborhood and I am more fit than any other mother. That's great. That is really, really incredible because we don't want to just live a long time. We want to live a long and healthy Yeah, living a long time time is not great. TV isn't that great to live for. But if you're healthy when you're doing it and getting out and about, that's important. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a powerful why. Yeah. You know, part of my new book, 28 Day Fast Start Day by Day, which by the way, everybody, 
pre-order it right now and you should get it. It comes out December 26th. You're running out of time to pre-order. So 28-day fast start day by day. At the very beginning, before you even start on day one, you're crafting your why statement. Mm. And I think that's so important. You know, if we all sat down on day one, we would say, I want to lose weight, Mm. right? That's what brought you here. It's what brought me here. But thinking beyond just the weight loss, Mm. you know, being the fittest mom out there and modeling that for your kids. Yeah. Living a healthy, long life, losing 15 inches around your waist. That is reversing metabolic syndrome right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's keeping you from developing type 2 diabetes. Yeah. I mean, that is why we do this, right? You're right. You're sure right. 80 kilograms is amazing, but I just want people to have a big picture of why. You could say, oh, intermittent fasting doesn't work for me. I only lost 80 kilograms and now I'm stuck. And you'd be like, but what about all the other amazing things? I only lost 80 pounds. I'm stuck. I I mean, kilograms. 80 kilograms would be awesome, but that's too much. Yeah. I'm confusing myself. I only lost 80 pounds and then I stopped losing. And oh, my God. It's like, wait a minute. No, that's, it's, it's good enough. You know, it's good enough for now. And if more it's comes fabulous. off later, that's, that'll be all right. Another non-scale victory, I suppose, well, the why, the, definitely the why has really come to light with the non-scale victories because, right. you know, I am an older parent. And I was staggering around going, I'm in so much pain. I can't walk around. You guys call it the state fair, right? Where all the rides come and there's horses being judged and cows and little guinea pigs and all the animals. So, you know, going to that when I was really heavy was hell. It was absolutely hell because I was so tired and my feet were killing me. And these last couple of times around, we go to, they call it the Royal Show here because, you know, we're still British, right? Not really, but we are. And but, <laughs> You got but, those deep roots. <laughs> but, you know, we talk about doing our 10,000 steps and I'm up to 14,000 in one day just walking around and, you know, watching the kids go on rides and being the fit parent who can handle that. Right. It's great fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just watched the Blue Zones documentary on Netflix. And that is really one thing that you see as a thread running through all of the Blue Zones is how active naturally they're not, they're the people who live in the Blue Zones that are living old, healthy lives. They're not just living a long time, they're old and they're healthy. They're so active. They're walking up the hills, they're doing Tai Chi, they're weeding their garden, spending a lot of time in the garden and in the yard and all of that. And so that is what we have to continue to include. Yeah. You know, we don't want to just sit in our recliner and watch TV and until we die. Mm. That's not going to be good for us. We got to keep moving. That's it. I love that. So is there anything that you struggle with? Apart from the one-year plateau, and I've sort of resolved that in myself, I think. I don't really. I just, I probably should change up the food a little more. I really have a big crush on homemade hummus right now. Oh, I love hummus. I don't know if, can you have too much hummus? I don't don't know, know. but I'm making it twice a week at least, and I'm not sharing it with anybody, so I'm eating a lot. That sounds fine to me. I don't know. Exactly, (laughs) and I'm like, my poor body what must are you be getting in it. Oh, you know, carrots and yeah, look, raw have, vegetables have more and hummus. Okay, some homemade <laughs> crackers, not homemade crackers. I buy the crackers. I don't care. I'm cleanish, right? <laughs> right. There you go. Look, I don't think you can eat too much hummus. I'm like no. decided I'm going to start making more hummus and eating yeah. more of it. I, I've started watching things on YouTube. So we just start, got a YouTube premium and oh, it's God. showing me all sorts of things. So I watched an entire episode of the Mastering Diabetes guy talking about his love of chickpeas. <laughs> YouTube's like, you would like this. I'm like, YouTube, you know me very, very well. Oh, isn't it the amazing? Guy, Cyrus yeah. of Mastering Diabetes, he eats four cans of chickpeas a day. Four. Well, no, I think once your gut's used to it, she's yep. y'all can't see Anita's doing like the holding your nose, like gassy kind of face. I think once your gut is used to yeah. it, I don't think you have that happen anymore. But four cans, I'm like, I need to up my game on my chickpeas yeah, right there. Absolutely. And I the one thing that my doctor keeps telling me is that I have anemia. And so I tried really hard to eat really good quality red meat for like the first six months of this year. And when I found out that I was still anemic, in fact, worse, after that six months of eating a lot of red meat, I just decided, great, I don't have to do this anymore. So I really have dropped back a lot of red meat. Now I have it once a week and the hummus has really like taken over my life. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's good stuff. I don't, I I don't know. So. I, guess, I don't think there's a thing as too much beans, but you know, I've always been anemic from early, like teenage years. So yeah. that's just just like so many things are in ranges. Yeah, I feel like it's possible that hemoglobin, some of that might be the same mm. kind of a thing because, yeah. you know, I've had a doctor say to me in the past, I can't believe you're walking around with those levels and that you have energy. I'm like, well, I feel amazing. I feel absolutely amazing. And so I just wonder if some of us are meant to be, that's just our body's natural state. Yeah. If you're not feeling braggy and you're feeling healthy and I don't know. I've been, like I said, from my teenage years, every time I've been to the doctor and gotten a blood draw, they've said, you're anemic. Yeah. And I mean, in my late 40s as well, I thought, well, you know what? My periods were terrible. I went and had what they call an endometrial ablation because I'm not using it. You know, I'm too old to have kids. So I had an ablation. So I haven't bled since I was 47. It's been a great five years. I don't know if I'm having menopause or not, but you know what? I'll take it because, you know, that's not the reason that I'm anemic now. So that's great. Right. That's not it. And it didn't change after menopause for me either. I just, you know, and then my dad's having some health concerns and Mm. His iron is low. And I'm like, I wonder if that's just how our family is. Maybe our oh, family absolutely. is just naturally lower iron. It is you know, genetic. with every range, there's people exactly. I it think has that to could be, be genetic, part of it. For sure. Well, we are almost out of time. Mm. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Wow. I wish, what would I tell anybody starting? Don't turn into an evangelist about it. I mean, you want to, but it's not good socially. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't help yourself. Hold in your excitement. I know. It's right. It's like don't talk about fasting. It's back to that, isn't it? We don't talk about Bruno and we don't talk about fasting. The fight club. Yeah. Yeah, The first rule of fight club is don't talk about fight club. Well, I would encourage you to talk about it if there's an opening. I wouldn't just bring it up. No, no. But if there's a natural opening, like if someone says, I can't lose weight no matter what I do, there's the opening. They opened the door. I'm going to walk through it. And seriously, the thing to tell people, anybody starting out, is definitely get your head in the game. It's what I told Graham once. And it's just get your head in the game. Listen to the podcast. Read the books. You know, Jen has made it so easy for us. You know, she's drawn all the information together for us plebs to read it. And it means that we don't have to work so hard to understand, you know, the obesity code. God help us. That was hard reading. Um, I don't do nonfiction. But it's good stuff. It is great stuff. I understand. So take the great information that's offered to you and get your why organized. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so important. That's That's my number one tip. Get a strong why beyond I want to lose as much weight as I can as fast as I can. That's not going to be a why that keeps you going. When you hit your plateau for one year, (laughs) you're going to be, you know, you got to have a more powerful why than that. You know, I've been plateaued since 2016, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That made me make it sound a little better. That's maintenance for you. I think it is. It's figuring out where your body wants to be. And look, if I wanted to see a number on the scale, of course, I don't weigh. If I wanted to lose weight, I could work hard and lose more weight. Yeah, but I don't want to work hard and lose more weight. I want to yeah. live the way I'm living. So yeah. I, there's a lot to be said for enjoying your life. Yeah, and I don't have to give up any of the foods that I really crave. Yeah, and that's important. That's the yeah. best. Well, Anita, thank you so much for staying up late in Australia and sharing your story. I've really loved talking to you. Oh, I thank you so much for having me. It's been great to see your face. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at resonaterecordings.com. 
Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.